Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hey, mamacita, welcome to the Mamas con Ganas podcast. That's mamas as in, hey, mama, y te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte, surgir y triunfar. Don't be a mama con drama. Let's be mamas con ganas. I'm your host, Valentina Izara. On this episode of the Mamas con Ganas podcast, I'm interviewing Nikki Novo, author, intuitive, many things, mother of three, and a friend of mine who I haven't seen in years. Welcome, Nikki, to the podcast. Uh, it's so nice to be here. <laughs> I know. I was just telling my husband, like, gosh, it's been like seven years. Crazy. The turns of the world, mamacita. You never know the reason why you meet people, right? I agree. I always tell people that like, people are like, oh, how do you know this person? How do you know that? I'm like, literally like the randomest things. That's why it's like, so important to just always have your heart open. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the right people always come to us. I absolutely believe in that. So Nikki just is ha is releasing a new book yes. called Soul Led Living and she was telling me about this journey of her writing her new book because it's not the first book you wrote. No, it's actually my third book. I always say as a writer you got to write one really bad first book that I've done <laughs> which is not even on Amazon anymore because it's so bad and then you write, you know, a kind of mediocre book which was my second called The Final Swipe which is a decent book it's about dating from the spiritual lens. The, and the then, Final Swipe. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So yes. that that one was fun. And then this third book, I just really had the intention to write something from my heart. I really wanted it to be like a great book as well. So I, I pushed myself in a creative way. And as a writer, I, I pushed myself to my limit to see how far I could go in as a creative. Yes. And so your books are kind of like, I get the feeling they're like, it's kind of like Elizabeth Gilbert, right? It has spirituality because of course you're an intuitive as well. Right. You, you, you're a writer, but you do readings. Okay. But before we delve into all of that, just so that the audience gets to know you a little bit more, tell them where you're from and where you grew up. Yeah. So I grew up here in Miami, a Cuban Catholic parents. And um, I just recently moved to North Carolina, but been living here my whole life. And um, I was a fashion and beauty editor. I actually studied publicity. I worked in the film industry in LA and then did fashion and beauty writing. And I had my own spiritual awakening like many people have had. I was dating this guy that I thought I was going to marry. And I don't know where he broke up with me. And I was so confused because I really felt like God was guiding me to him. I felt like my intuition was like bringing me to him. And when that fell apart. I was like, I need an expert. And like, in my mind, the only expert I could think of was like, I need a psychic. Like I need somebody who could tell. I was like, I was like, I'm either going to go to a priest or I'm going to go to a psychic. I need to talk to somebody who has a direct connection to God. Like, why did this happen? So um, I went on some crazy like psychic, you know, and being Catholic, we weren't allowed to Yeah, it's that. like a sin. Class. Yeah, horrible. My mom like warned me against this, but I really felt so called and pulled to go see a psychic. I had a girlfriend who was a little bit more of a rebel, uh, even though we went to Catholic school together. And she's like, I know a psychic. And she would, you know, she brought me to a couple psychics. They were horrible. And they were basically like exactly why my mom told me not to go. Because uh, one was telling me I was cursed and that like for $500, I can undo the curse on you. Like, what? Yeah. 
<laughs> it was so crazy. One told me I was never going to be happy unless I married that guy. And I was like, oh, you're talking about my very ex-boyfriend? Like, I'm not going to be happy unless I marry him. So it was a disaster. That's crazy. I can't believe people have a living doing that. Yes. Like making people miserable. <laughs> That's what it was. And then finally, um, just out of random, I was out to dinner with my girlfriends in Lincoln Road. We were just chatting about this, like funny stories about these psychics. So like none of them were helping us out. And we walked to our car, which was parked really far from where we were eating. So there was no way that anybody knew where we parked. And there was a card, um, a little business card shoved inside the passenger seat. And it was for a woman advertising angel readings. And there was nobody else in the parking lot that had this card. So we were like, oh my God, like this is a sign. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to another psychic. But one of my brave friends was like, I'll go, I'll go. And she goes to this lady. Lady was amazing. I mean, was a, and she did angel reading. So she like connects with the angels, basically. And I thought like, okay, that's more safe. That's like in the Bible, all that stuff. And I met this woman and she changed my life. Like she was not only extremely accurate in her reading and very helpful, but she also, you know, at the end of the reading, I asked her this really weird question. I was like, do you think? I can be like, I can do that. Like, do you think I can be intuitive? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Like I, you know, there's books on it and all this. And I was an editor during the day and I loved my work. And she introduced me to different like ways to like get better at your intuition. And she gave me a bunch of books, whatever. And I just got super into it. So I was like very interested in this process. And this, you know, the more you go down some of that like self-help rabbit hole or, you know, spiritual rabbit hole, it's hard to like not want to make it your business. So at some point I was like, I don't think I can write about like $4,000 handbags anymore. Like I, I want to do this work. So, um, and I just trained myself to do readings and sorry, I have to stop you right there. That's kind of funny that, 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 that you said that I don't think I can write about $4,000. Yeah, no. That's so funny. Yes. Yeah. Because your world changes, your right? Your world changes. And listen, I have nothing against, <laughs> I have nothing against $4,000 handbags. I love $4,000 handbags, but I was like, I it's just going there every day yeah. and then having like being so interested in something else, like you have this other life. It's almost like you're cheating on your partner because like you're living this life that feels very fake compared to the interests that are coming. Mm-hmm. And that was really the, that was really the feeling for me. Like I was going into this really, you know, cool world of like glitz and glam. But then at night I was like a little bruja in my, you know, <laughs> in my, like I would take out all the the weird stuff underneath my bed. Cause I would hide them under my bed. Cause at the time I had a roommate um, and I would tell my roommate, I was like, listen, if I die, if something happens to me and I'm like, die in a car accident, I don't even want you to like, be sad or cry you're going to go straight to my bed and underneath my bed are all my bruja books you're going to burn them because nobody (laughs) i was like because nobody including my mom can know what i'm doing but i was i couldn't stop like and and you know that catholic guilt in me really made me feel like i was doing something wrong but at the same time it also felt so right you know at the same time and um it was causing a clash like with my work so i eventually like got more comfortable we've talked about this off camera and I just really feel that spirituality and all these things, even the intuitive stuff is just an expansion of my faith. I Um, I feel closer to God and Jesus and everything. And even more than that, because of this. So I was able to move past that and then eventually started doing intuitive readings, which my Cuban 
Mom never saw that one coming. It That's just- crazy. And now you have like thousands of people on the waiting list for yes. your readings, which is hilarious. Yeah. It's so funny because I remember that when we met, I think you were still going through that moment of having that clash of of conflicting feelings between the religion and that and knowing that that was the place where you wanted to go, but still having a lot of resistance from your family. Yeah, which I think is... I mean, so much of that's basically like so much of that is in the book. You were just talking about that over like a podcast episode that you wanted to do, but you didn't really want to do. That's how it felt. Like I remember getting this this call, this like intuitive guidance to start doing readings. And I was like, F you, <laughs> wherever you are coming from, like F you, I am not doing readings. I'm not becoming a psychic. Like, and it was like crazy. I was like really resistant towards it. But what I have found that, those callings are the best. Like yeah. when you when you finally get over your own shit and you you follow the calling, you are so rewarded. Yes. So it was like it required a tremendous amount of bravery me bravery for me. I really felt like God was like, I need you in this department. I need you to do this. I'm like, this makes no sense. Like if I am really connected to God and I'm asking to be this like to do this like brujeria, like like how does that connect? But I think in many ways, like. I'm still doing that work. I just don't do it um, calling it Jesus or Catholic or anything like that because actually the world wants some more variety and diversity in the way that we're receiving our guidance. So I knew I was very guided by the divine, even though my religion had told me that this thing was actually like Satan's work. So that was like a really interesting thing, but I knew within myself that I was being guided and it really just took off and like you said i have yeah over a thousand people on this wait list for these weeks that's amazing and like but with your family though because i can understand you knowing internally and just having that gut feeling that it's where you're supposed to be but how how did you work through that conflict with your mom who is like yeah. worrying about your salvation yeah <laughs> my salvation <laughs> what was going to happen in the afterlife which i love about like catholic that's like like we're just like so concerned with the afterlife and it's like dude what about this lifetime like what about like enjoying this life but um no it's a great question so i think whenever you're being called to something that you're a little insecure about and that might be like life-changing for many people in your world my approach was like keep it uh, kind of, it felt like almost like this little idea that was still a, a newborn baby. Like I did not really know what it was. The same way you have a newborn baby, like you don't know its personality yet. Like you're still trying to figure out what it is. That's how I felt about this. Like I was like, I really don't, I know I'm interested. I know I'm being asked to do readings. But I have no idea what this is. Like I can't tell you my five-year plan with this. So I thankfully knew just to kind of keep it to myself and um, be open to the people that like were asking me about it and wanted to do questions with me, but I wasn't necessarily like telling my family or anything like that. Benny, my husband, we had this thing because you know he married a writer, you know he married a fashion and beauty editor, and then all of a sudden I was like bait and switch. I'm like, just kidding. I talk to dead people, and, you know, <laughs> like so. I you know I remember being like it was kind of like the pink elephant in the room. Like we just decided that we weren't really going to talk about it, but, and he was so kind to just give me my space to do my thing. But also he had his questions, but he knew that if he would question me too much, I would fall too much into doubt. So he just like gave me free range That's to like awesome. be my, my weird self. Mm-hmm. And I did not have to explain myself too much to him. I mean, when I got to the point that, cause I used to uh, run his business for him, I wanted to leave the business to grow my business. He was not happy about that because it was affecting him. But he, you know, he gave me the space. So I would say like 
personally, guys, if you if you're like feeling called to something that looks very different than what your current life is, keep it to yourself for a little bit, like and find your community that does accept that. So I did have people that were super interested in what I was doing, but they weren't my best friends. They weren't my family. They were like new friends that came from this, um, like this thing that I was into. And so I think it's important to have community when you're doing something new, but don't try to like convince the old community of what you're doing because you don't know what it is yet. It's still a little newborn baby. You don't know what it is. So I kept it to myself. My mom was funny. She would like show up to my house and see like a deck of cards. And then by the time she left, I'd be like, where are those deck of cards? And my husband would be like, your mom stole them. I saw saw her. Like she was like obsessed with taking like anything out of my house that was not um, oh, really? Yeah, she would like, take it? She would oh take, my God, like, so funny. She, I had, like, a Buddha statue. She would take that from me. Like, all these She's, like, literally robbing me. In my, <laughs> she was robbing me of all... It's, like, the opposite of being, like, Catholic. Like, she was, like, robbing me that of is, all my spiritual stuff. That is the funniest skit. I could totally see that being a skit. Like, a Cuban household in Miami where the yes. daughter goes, that is hilarious. And the mother's stealing her Buddha and her cards. <laughs> She's, like, like, replacing it with, like, a cross. Like, Jesus on the cross. I'm, like, wait a second. I I swear to God, I had like Kali right here. I swear I had like a crystal. And then like she would like to be nice. She would like bring me like a crystal one day. And I'm like, mom, but she's like, no, but those are rocks. That's okay. I'm like, okay. So like no cards, no Buddha. Crystals, yes. Like crosses, yes. Like I was trying to figure out like what was okay. Okay or not. So we really had like a sense of humor. I had a lot of sense of humor about it with my mom. And I understood that she was afraid for herself. You know, she was afraid for like what this meant to her, you know, meant about her, like, oh my gosh, her daughter is leaving the church or, you know, the way that's the way she saw Did I not raise her right? All of this stuff. Yes. And and when she saw that, like I kept baptizing my children, like every time I had one, they would get baptized. And, (laughs) you know, she was like, okay, she's starting to understand it. And we still don't talk about it too much. Like even today I was doing an interview and I can't really tell her it's a little hard for, I'm kind of, I would imagine it's kind of like maybe when you have a child that, you know, is gay or trans or something like some people, it just takes hard, like some parents, it just takes harder for them. I think my mom had a vision for me. um, And I have not lived into that. And it's a little hard for her to, um, you know, to to see that. So, but I can still be like, happy with who I am and also understand that she hasn't had a hard time and I have to take care of myself. Like I do a lot of work on myself around that and really mother myself, but it is something that we can't really talk about. Yeah. I I, I agree when you say that when you have those dreams that are very different from the life that we're living and we have a, a different vision for ourselves, that it's very important to protect that that world or that thing that we're creating, the vision that we're creating for ourselves. Uh, I can relate with the acting. Like in the beginning, it's not like, you know, people would think, I thought people were going to think I'm crazy that I want to do this. So I kept doing, I, I did it. I was very actively involved in taking the acting classes and doing all this stuff, but I wasn't shouting it necessarily to the world. Yeah. And I think not proving it. It's important to like, I do not need to prove this yes, to anybody. Yes, yeah. I, I learned to let that go because I was trying to even prove it to my brothers or, I, or you know, maybe at some point with Benny, like, I swear this is working. Look how much money. I remember the first year I like sent my dad, um, what was it called? My taxes to, sh- to show him how much money I made in my business. Like, I swear what I'm doing is not crazy because I was really looking for that validation and that and that proof. But I was like, that is not serving me. I can't be guided by trying to, by by trying to prove people that I'm correct. I just have to be like, you are good, Nikki. You are beautiful. Yeah. You are good. 
this is what you came but to it's, this world but for. But it's hard because as a society, in society, we're sort of conditioned to have that necessity to like prove ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's not even sometimes proving it to others. I think sometimes it's even hard trying to reconcile the feeling okay with it in ourselves. Like we know other people don't agree with maybe what we're doing or whatever. And then it's like, we want to prove it to them. Like you said, right. You want to have that moment or like, I I know I'm not crazy. Like you said, but at the same time, is it really like proving it to them or is it you're proving it, proving to yourself. it to yourself? I, 100%, right. Yeah. Because sometimes we feel like we need that also. I don't know from like, for like acting, for example, I've heard, I had, Oh my God. I, when I was young, I used to hear it so much. You're going to die a starving artist. Like I knew what I wanted to do since I was little. But my both of my parents are engineers. And so it was kind of like, you don't go into that. You go into something that makes sense. Same. And so when you like, when you're scared, you're scared of going into something because you're like, well, what if it fails? And then when you, it actually might start doing something, you kind of want to, you do have that feeling inside that ego, of course, that's like, well, yeah, you see, like I yeah. can do it. I knew my dream wasn't crazy. Yeah. Right. And I think that that motivates you for a long time. Like I do believe that a lot of what I've done in my life, like I've been very successful in career has been out of like, I've been motivated to prove other people wrong. But what I have learned is that the, you know, the, the bigger, the more you get into your own dreams, the more expansive those dreams become, like even the more success you have, that motivation begins to expire. Like you can only get so far with a fear-based motivation. Yes, absolutely. So at some point, which has been recent for me, I would say like in the last year, I've like, I have healed that proving myself thing to myself, to my family. And I have had to come back into my heart and be like, no, Nikki, like, why do you really do this? Mm -hmm. Like, and um, why are you really called to, to do this? Like, who, who are you thinking of when you make a podcast, when you, whatever, like you said, you, you know, I don't know if you guys know this about Valentina, but she starts off with an intention before every episode, <laughs> which I think is so beautiful, like a little prayer basically yes. before we go in. And it's just to remind her and the person that I'm sure that's with her to go back into the heart and be like, no, okay. Yeah. It would be awesome to get a million downloads on this podcast episode, but what's it really about? What's it really for? Yes. Yeah. And I think you can go so much further with your dreams when you connect to the heart because, you know, feeling like I'm going to prove people, whatever, like that is great. That's going to get you very far. That got me very far, but you end up getting burnt out and um, you, you hit a plateau, you hit a roof at some point. So yeah. I, I just, And it's not as motivating. Like you said, it's kind of expires and then it, it's really beautiful when you do keep doing something and you realize, oh my God, this is really not for the money. I love it so much that even when I'm not getting paid, it still feels so aligned with who I am. And that's right. how I've always felt about yeah. about acting. It's never been about the fame or the money. Obviously, if it comes, wonderful, right? You're not going right. to kick it out. But in reality, what I realize is that every time that I'm doing a scene is I feel like I'm connecting to the to the thread of humanity. Like, I feel like I feel that for a moment, all the pain that we go through as humans is linked, that yeah. I can feel that the pain and the joy. Yeah. And that's why when somebody else hurts as an actor and you're able to like transmit that to something, I think that's the most beautiful thing mm-hmm. about that career. But mm-hmm. anyways, going back to what you're saying is it's true. It's like some things expire, like the superficiality of your goals expire. And then it has to be something else that keeps you yeah. wanting more and keeps you staying in there. Yeah. Right. I think that's where burnout comes from. I think burnout comes from actually a spiritual awakening of, oh, shoot, the reason I did this thing, the reason I took this path was coming from a motivation 
that was a little bit of a lower vibration. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to stay here, so for example, maybe I decided to have kids because that's what you do and I didn't want to be alone and I thought it would be fun, whatever. And then, you know, you're five years into being a mom, you're like, I'm so burnt out. Like, why is it the thing that I really wanted is now so hard for me? It's actually, you're not a horrible person. It's actually the intention that gave you this life is no longer serving you. It is like a lower vibration of the truth. So we actually have to go back into our hearts and be like, no, 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 there is a reason. And I had to find the love again. And that happens in work. It happens in relationships. It happens in all the roles that we take on as women. There, When we get to that burnout, of course, self-care, time to you know, kind of reflect, go within. But I think in order to get that power back, it is really about connecting to the heart again and really remembering like, why you're doing what you're doing. Absolutely. I'm going to ask you a question I've never asked anybody before. Would you still be doing this if you won the lottery tomorrow? I've asked myself that a bunch of times and like, absolutely, yes. Yes. And I love that answer. I, 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 that's why I asked you because I knew that was going to be the answer because it's really cool when you live a life where you're just like, even if I you know, had this bank account that was completely different, I would still be doing exactly what I'd be doing. Maybe the maybe the house would change or maybe the car would change, but everything else would sort of, I would still feel like I'm living the life I'm supposed to be yeah. living. I think that's such an important question right? to ask ourselves because even let's say you're running a business, when you ask yourself like, okay, if I had unlimited funds, um, because the minute you gave me that money, right, you just gave it to me, I already had all these ideas of like what, how I actually would increase mm -hmm. what I do exactly. with that money. Um, which I think also like as a business owner, it's important to go there because you're, you can get creative even if you don't have that money and you actually know what you're missing. Um, it's just, we use money as this block all the time. All the so time. I just think, um, yeah. But I think it's a beautiful realization. Like I, and I think that, I don't know, it happened to me this year or last year where it was like, it dawned on me. I was like, oh my gosh, if like I, and I told my husband this cause I, I found that it was like a really cool download. I'm like, I just realized that. Even if I won $100 million, I'd be doing the same thing I'm doing right now. My podcast would still exist, mamacita. And that's when you know. <laughs> well, you'd probably pump some money into I'd it. I'd probably put get, some yeah, money in it. Yes, Get yes. yourself a studio and yes. all that kind of stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so that would be the difference. But I think it's so interesting. I write about this in the book. I talk about like finding our talents because I do have this theory that uh, that like American dream of like going to college, working super hard, working nine to five or whatever, like is really dying um, that we're really trying to find work that is uh, really about like what we love, what we value, our lifestyle, all that kind of stuff. So one of the ways that we do that is actually through finding our gifts. Um, but I just think that the, many of us have not discovered our gifts because we put this pressure that like the gift, first of all, has to be amazing, which it never is because if it a gift only becomes a talent once it's in action, you know, absolutely. Like you might have a gift to sing, but until you start going to the singing coach every week and and developing it, that's when you become a talent. So many of us are like afraid to find that, and then we also are just afraid that it has no value. Like if you're not a famous actress, then you shouldn't be acting. Oh my gosh! Yes. If you're not oh an amazing gosh. writer, then you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Then you shouldn't be then writing. Yes. If you're not Shakespeare, then you should be. Writing. Yeah, and it's yes. like. I mean, then you like literally die with this like potential <laughs> within you because yes. we're in this society that everything must be. And it's like, you you really have to kind of like let yourself be a little bit creative. Let yourself try. Like it does not, because the way intuition works and like the way we get, you know, like messages from ourselves, from the divine is really like, it doesn't show you the whole path. Like it's not like 
you know, Valentina, like you're going, you know, like go ahead and take an acting class in third grade because you're going to be a famous actress. It's Valentina, take an acting class at third grade because there's something for you there. You, you know, intuition only really gives us like one brick at a time. We're trying to walk that yellow brick road, but we don't get all the bricks. And if we don't get all the bricks, it's like, we don't want to follow it, you know? So it's not like, oh, you know, I like writing, but it's, if I didn't get the message that like, you're meant to write because you're going to be an amazing author. It's like, we don't want to take the step. And we really, that the whole idea of like living intuitively, living soul led is to feel the callings, those like little pushes, and trusting them and taking the step, even when we don't know what the road looks like. But if we're feeling called to it, I mean, you were just feeling called to doing this, that podcast episode. We don't know what it's going to do for you. Yeah, no, I never, like I was telling Nikki before we were, we started recording that, because uh, she's you know, so much into intuition that when I started the series on overcoming betrayal, I wasn't going to talk about that on the podcast that day. And I was in the in the bathroom doing my makeup and I just heard this voice like, no, you're not going to talk about that. You're going to talk about overcoming betrayal and, and divorce. And I got mad at the voice. Like it's the same thing with you. It's like sometimes we get mad at that voice. But it's funny because I sort of let myself kind of going to flow with the voice. Like I resisted it. I was upset at the voice, but I was kind of like, okay. You surrender. I'm going to surrender. Yeah, thank you. Surrender. Yeah. Now I have a question that I know a lot of people have when it comes to intuition. And sometimes I ask myself this when I'm not sure that my compass or my brujula is in the right place. Brujula. <laughs> um, so what is, how can you tell the difference between your intuition and then the voice that's definitely not the like you know how sometimes yeah we're kind of we're kind of wondering the 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 difference between that the right intuition or the thing yeah, that we're like supposed fear or anxiety or, yeah exactly stuff. how do okay, how so do I'm going to try to explain this so every um kind of like hit that comes there is some truth to it so like let's say I'm having a really anxious feeling about um uh, I'm going to go traveling and I have this really anxious feeling about my flight getting canceled. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is that an intuitive hit that my flight's going to get canceled? My flight's going to get canceled. Am I correct? So that is some sort of message that's trying to come through to you, but the vibration of it is a little lower. So for example, let's say there's a vibrational ladder of zero to 10. So that message that's coming, oh my God, my, my you know, my flight's going to get canceled. It's coming in the form of an anxiety or a fear. So let's say that message is at a level two. That level two message has more truth in it once you start going up the ladder. So at an eight, let's say, you would sit with that that feeling. You wouldn't be like, oh, no, no, that's just anxiety. I'm just going to turn it off. Like, no big deal, whatever. Like, forget about that. Like, look at me being anxious. You don't have to do that. You can actually be like, okay, let me feel into that message that's coming in. What is the highest? And I always say, like, when you get something like that, you go, what is the highest truth of this message? And you might find, well, the highest truth about this message is that I'm so excited to go on this trip. I really want to spend time with my husband. And, you know, if it doesn't work out to get on that plane tomorrow, I'll be disappointed. Like that it's, there's still a message and it's actually showing you some truth about you. Like, well, you're excited about this trip. Like you get to know yourself better. So there's these messages that come through and the way to check in on them is like, ask what is the highest truth of that message? And there's, there's more for you there. So that's like one little trick to kind of figure out fear and all that. Also, the most important thing is to pay attention to like messages that come true, true, that ends up coming true, excuse me. So um, for me, like to get to know your own intuition, like you just said, um, this voice told me. So you're obviously what we would call a hearer. You're somebody that hears messages. 
Um, I am also a hearer as well. So I know that when I hear, like if you're talking to me and a part of your voice like goes up in volume for a few sentences, I'm like, that message is for me. So you definitely have to learn your own intuition. You have to like study yourself. Some people are very much like, oh, I got goosebumps. Like this mm-hmm. is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, so like to really track yourself and know what is your way of receiving your intuition. And people are usually um, seers. So like people that can like visualize, see something, they get like a snap of the future. Some are hearers. Uh, the majority of us are feelers. So this is the idea that you feel something. The feeling is the hardest kind because you have to then translate the feeling. So you can't take the feeling at, you know, like I walk into a room, I'm like something shady about here. Like this feels bad. Go deeper into that message and ask yourself, like, what is the highest truth to that? And you might be like, you might get more from there. So the thing is that some of us like just spend so long not listening to our intuition that we haven't developed it. It's almost like we don't have a vocabulary. Like our vocabulary is like a kindergartner when we could really use like high school level vocabulary when it comes to intuition. Fear also remember is just, there's nothing wrong with here. It's just that it's a lower vibration. It works a lot faster and true intuition usually like has no charge to it. And yes, that's what I've noticed. I think that's a really like in the moments where I've gotten a, a, a message and it's like even like a, a danger message. Exactly. Because it's not all good messages. No, not all good messages. Like I had this message one time where just like, make sure you, I was in a hotel and it was just, it was strange because it was came out of nowhere. It's just like, make sure to close, you know, the the, 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 the metal thing, mm-hmm. put the metal thing over. I was like, okay. But it didn't come with fear. No, but it was just matter of a fact. Matter of fact. It doesn't, yes. it doesn't scream. It's not charged. It's not charged. Um, oh, I've never been able to place it yeah. and say it in that way. That's exactly yeah. what it is. In, oh my gosh. In my book, I'm, I say, it's not your best friend like jacked up on coffee, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like when your friend just had like way too much cacao or like coffee and you're like, whoa, it, it, intuition doesn't sound like that, right? Like intuition is a little, it, it actually has less words also. Intuition is very like kind of matter of fact. Yeah, um, fact, it, yes. is, it is not super wordy. It doesn't have these like filler words because of the, the divine. Actually, the more, the closer you get to consciousness and unity, consciousness, the less you need. That's why like minimalism, you know, oneness, whatever, the less you need. So the words are less. So the more divine is typically like a less wordy um, messaging. The wordiness will typically come like when we're trying to explain. So if I'm getting an intuitive hit, I get it. I get it. But now I know I have to translate it to you and teach it to you. So I may be wordy because I need to like explain it to you in many ways, but the way it comes through is quick. It almost feels like it's two words, three, you know, three words, but then the actual translation of it is what gets longer. Wow. That's so interesting. Wow. That's, this is really good, Nikki. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, and you do teach, right? You do teach a program. Yeah. Tell us about like the the program that you teach and yeah. what you teach. So that, that was like a weird thing, Valentina. Like, so first God was like, start doing these readings. And I was like, F you. I started doing the readings. They'd start to take off. And then the second weird thing that happened was um teach people, other people how to do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> people well, people started to ask me, and I was like, What? Like I never in my wildest dreams that I think people would want to learn to do readings, but I was getting a lot of coaches and just like even moms, because the way that I do readings is I help people, um, we connect to your soul. So even like children, sometimes you're like struggling with your child, let's say at school or whatever, but guess what? Like the human child is very different than the soul child. 
like your human child can be three years old and its soul can be like the oldest thing that's ever existed. And sometimes the child is trying to get through to the mother, but the soul like doesn't have enough um, brain power or like even vocabulary to be able to get through. So even just mothers like to study intuition, for example, because they can connect more. You can even connect to like your partner's soul and all that kind of stuff. So we get a lot of different people. They were just interested in learning. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to teach this. But I did learn, like the way that I was doing readings was downloaded. Like I would sit in meditation and I just like started to receive information. I I, did, I developed a little method. So I've been teaching, I don't want to call it little. Women always love to make their things smaller. I developed a method. Yes, a grand, <laughs> a grand method. method. <laughs> best, We're expanding it now. Best. I know. Why we women do that? We do that to ourselves. Everything. We add the word. Actually, the word yeah. "little" and the word so- "sorry" in front to of everything. To everything, and it actually just makes us smaller. Yes. So no, no, no. no. It's I developed course. a grand program. <laughs> yes. It's called the Soul Reading Method, and um, we teach people how to do the readings that I do, which has been super cool. But then I also have like one program called everyday intuition. So it's not for, it's like a little, it's just for like using intuition in your everyday Um, soul reading method and even soul seeker, which is another intuition program I have uh, is a little bit more metaphysical because we actually teach like past lives. Um, We teach uh, well reading energy because like basically to train your intuition, you want to learn to read the unseen. So like, what does your energy read and that kind of stuff? So it's a little bit more metaphysical, but if you're just kind of wanting to use it for your everyday, we have everyday intuition, which is fun. Interesting. Too. And when you say we, who's we? My team. Like I just like. <laughs> My team. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> we like, we we work all, to, like, I feel like we work so hard all together to make this stuff. Yeah, so um, I always like to include them. In and that. how did you find like a team to be like that <laughs> you would kind of click? Because I mean, yeah. this is a very specific, unique thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that I think that's why it's been so hard for me to like let people into the business. Of course, too, because I can imagine. That. I tend to even like I was just telling you, I just got a publicist recently, and it's really just I don't. I'm not sure everybody understands what I do, so mm-hmm. it's hard to bring people in. But um, so actually, the people I hire are usually people that are like clients of mine and like my work. So um, I've had so like my assistant Cat has been a client, and she was she, you know, she's been with me for I don't even know how many years now. I guess like five or so, and she's just like a lover of the work. Um, actually, Nati, who did the cover, she's a Miami artist, Colombian Miami artist, who did the cover of my book. She's a client, and but she's an amazing artist. So I tend to like stay within my community um, because they understand what I do. And that's like, that's what's worked for me. Wow. And what birthed the book? Like for this new book that you, that you create, like that you started writing, like how did that come about? Like, yeah, well, in 2020, I went through a lot of healing with my family, um, which I know a lot of people had these like crazy 2020 moments. We had one as well. Um, I had been married for my, to my husband, I guess it was about seven years and had no idea he was an addict, uh, discovered that he was an addict during 2020. I guess that COVID life that like nobody could hide, you know? So I discovered this and I was like, you know, felt completely betrayed, like you mentioned. Uh, but I, you know, my stupid voice kept telling me through sickness and through health. Like I just kept hearing this over and over again. Like God was telling me. And what I got from that message was that, yes, my husband's an addict, but more importantly, and what I'm missing is my husband is sick. Um, So learned that, that this, like how the sickness works, got him some help. Be, we really did a lot of healing. We changed the whole way our family works because my husband was like the main provider, working super hard. I wanted my business to like take off, but I was really bogged 
bogged down with three kids, helping my husband with his business. And we just both looked and we were like, he was like, I want your job. And I was like, I want your job. <laughs> so we, so interesting girl. Like she was telling me this, the whole story before when she, we were in the kitchen drinking some tea and I met my mouth, my jaw was like <laughs> open because yeah. it's interesting how like you've, you've overcome this now. It's so, like you say it in a way where it's just kind of, you're telling a story. Yeah. I can imagine also by writing it, it's also been like a catharsis yes. and like in a, in a way to heal yeah. through the process. And I just think that that um, experience uh, was so like profound and there was so much medicine in that. I feel like almost like a war, like a war hero that mm-hmm. has come back. And I'm like, guys, I need to tell you these stories. Like I need to tell you what happened. So I did not want to write about, I didn't write, want to write my own stories, but it was like, write your stories, write your stories. So there's even older stories too. There's stories about like when I lived in LA and all that. Um, but there's a ton of teaching. Cause at the end of the day, I am a teacher, a spiritual teacher. So there's a lot of like tips and tricks and there's actually even meditations that come with the book, but they are guided by the way that I write is like, I tell you a story and I tell you what is learned from that story. And then we go into like, okay, so this is how you apply it to your own life. This is how we're going to find your soul's path, all that kind of stuff. So I just, I was just like really being called to write. I moved to 30 acres of land after this whole 2020 thing. I, I packed up my family. It was crazy. So like Mamacita, so Nikki, okay, listen to this. She's grew up in Miami. She's a Miami girl. And then she moves. I'm like, I'm following her because I've been, we've been following each other for a long time. And all of a sudden I see this post and Nikki's like in a hat moving, with goats. <laughs> yeah. Moving to North Carolina. And, this, and I'm like, what? In the farm? I'm like, what is going on with Nikki? <laughs> It's just like, just like home, you know, just like my mom, of course, who like, it's funny. My mom is from a small town in Cuba. Uh, She's like from a little Wajiro town is what we would call it. And she was so excited to move to the city. It was her dream was always to like live in the, you know, the metropolitan of Miami. And then all of a sudden we get here and, you know, obviously I I did the best I could. I tried to raise my kids here. I tried to have my family here. Um, I really did. But it was like not true to my soul. And what was true for me was like to be with the land. I'm such a nature person. I wanted to be with the mountains, all that. And not even that, because this is definitely not our final destination, but I'm like one for adventure. And I was like being called. And my mom was, yes, very disappointed because like, she was like my city girl. Like, <laughs> like I brought you here yeah. and then you leave for the country. Exactly. What are you doing? <laughs> but I always tell her, I'm like, you know, I think what's so beautiful about that, because I feel my grandfather, who was the original owner of a farm farm in Cuba. I feel him with me very much. And I think like we lost our land. You know, we lost everything when we had to leave Cuba as Venezuelans do and all that. And I'm like, what a beautiful like reclaiming. Yes. Like, oh, my God. My family would have never left Cuba. I probably would have grown up that way anyways. Mm -hmm. Like Miami was maybe not part of the plan in many ways. Um, So it, it has been very soulful for me to be on the land and to be like, I'm horrible at all the things. Like, (laughs) thank God for my husband. I'm like. Oh, I, I just, I just, I make him do cute things and I Instagram it pretending it's me, you know, like, I'm like, make me a garden, make me a Pinterest garden. Okay. Okay. Like now get the right light. Take the photo of me. Oh, give me that dirty glove of yours. Okay. Look, that's me. That's like literally, <laughs> that is literally what's happening. I'm like, hold on, let me get my cute outfit. And then like, it's all horrible, but I, I'm very honest about it, but he is the, he keeps everything alive. He's a really green thumb. He loves the animals, all that stuff, but it has been very much a, uh, I felt I feel very much it's like a reunion with my ancestors. Um, I think that I feel closer to them. And I just feel like it's exactly where I need to be right now. Um, I was, and as soon as I got there, I was like ready to write, which was amazing. 
Um, I don't think I could have written that book in Miami. It would have been amazing. And it seems to me like by the way that you were saying it, that it's also been like a place of healing, like yes. for your, for your entire family, for the entire family. for all the things that you were going through at that, at that period, yeah. it was sort of like what you, what you all needed. And yes. wouldn't it, interestingly enough to, to tie it the other way around is that you would have never ended up where you're supposed to be, had all the had all the drama and the chaos that happened in your life. So sometimes we don't realize that the drama is going to end up showing us where the ganas is. Yeah. You know? That's the catalyst. Well, yeah, I, the catalyst. Yeah. So, that's so my, my feeling of that is like, I had this like North star, like this dream life that we wanted. And I had put that into motion about uh, seven years ago. Actually, Benny and I had gone to North Carolina to look at land because we wanted to buy like some farmland, like a vacation home or whatever. We had no money at the time. We had no business being there, but it's like what we were dreaming of. And I really feel that like that trip to North Carolina seven years ago, like we put that intention into the land and the land was like, okay, like you want this life. All right, let's bring you down this path. And it was almost like to align my life to be the person that could have that land, be with the land, what I was envisioning for myself. There was so much healing that needed to happen. And those like seven, well, there were five years between the time we traveled and, and bought the land was really this like initiation into the person that I am today. Like my whole root system, which, you know, your root is like the way you make money. It's um, your family, your home was misaligned to what I really wanted in my life. So in order to align, unfortunately, alignment is so messy, you know? So it's like, it's like you've built, you know, it's like a Jenga game. Like you have built this tower, but actually the bottom which is the foundation is not right. It can, the tower cannot go any higher if that foundation is wrong. So I feel that the land healed was working on my family for five years, ripped, you know, I don't want to even say ripped anything apart, but it just cracked me open, cleared all the junk out so that we could be in true alignment to, which to me is soul led living, like what is true to my soul. And there was a lot of things in our system that was not working as simply as, my husband working the way he was working, me not being able to like really live my dream life, the kids being whatever, whatever. So I, I really feel like that is the healing. And what's been interesting about moving away from family, friends, all that stuff is there's less distraction. So our family has become, the five of us, because I have three children, has become so close without like, what is grandma going to, you know, what's grandma saying about us? Like what she's going to think. So we just need like a break. Um, from all of that to really be who we truly are, not who we are expected to be. Wow. That's wow. <laughs> There's a lot. She, you just unpacked a lot. It's true. I, I love the part that you say where you had that intention, like five years, but that you had to align yourself with the energy in order to own yes. the land. And it's reminding me of a recent course that I did on abundance. And, and it was talking about how you know, you set the intention and then you have to align your energy yes. with what you want to receive. Yes. And, and it's messy and it's messy. And yeah. and the question, I remember like the, the girl was telling us like to ask ourselves, like, what would it take for me to align myself with the energy of what it would feel like to receive that? Yes. And and a lot of us don't ask the question. A hundred, a hundred percent. Like we, we, we want to like a quick fix. Yes. Or we want to just not align the energy and we just want to receive it. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is the person that let's say the person that has like all the things or even the person today that is writing this book, I wanted to write this kind of book almost 10 years ago, but I was not like the person that could write mm -hmm. this book. 
I had to become that person. So to me, that's the alignment. It's the becoming of that true, like highest self. I think whenever we like close our eyes and envision our future self and, you know, envision that future, I always, when I teach, I I do this little meditation of teaching people. I do this grand meditation of teaching people. (laughs) I teach grand grand meditation where I teach people to go into their future and see their future selves. My first question always is when you go into the future, right? So just kind of close your eyes and who are you, you know, five years from now with the the house you want and the, the, you know, whatever the job you want, the partner you want. Tell me how that version of you feels. Like what energy is she holding? Is she, and most of the girls will, will say like, oh, she's a little bit more confident. She's more, she's more, um, you know, like she's not as stressed out, all that. I'm like, great. That is the energy we're shooting for. We need to become the energy today. Like well, that's what manifesting is, mm-hmm. is really like, it's not about like doing all the things and dragging your body to the next stage in life. It's actually about becoming the next version of yourself, yes. which is actually an energy that you are trying to embody. So if I go into that meditation, I see my future self with my, you know, amazing husband and I'm single today, but in that, you know, video, I see this version of me or in that meditation, I see this version of me that's confident, or maybe she is just more like accepting of who she is, then that's my work. So today I'm going to be like, how can I exist in the energy of accepting myself? How can I exist? And it's very simple it would say, well, if the future self is confident, then guess what? When I tell Valentina that my course is little, I'm going to say, no, it's great. It's grand. It's amazing because I might not be that person yet, but I'm working really hard to become that. And I'm going to use the words and my energy to do that so that I am becoming her. Absolutely. It's practicing the emotions that we want to be in the future. Exactly. Yes, exactly. absolutely. Oh, I love it. So many nuggets. <laughs> so many nuggets. Tell everybody where they can buy your book, Nikki, yeah. and where they can find you on social media so they follow you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for being with me. If you, uh, you know, if you really liked the conversations we were having, so many of them are in the book. There's tons of tips and tricks as well. It's called Soul Led Living. And it is on Amazon right now. And I am very active on Instagram. So you can meet me there, Nikki Novo, or just my website, NikkiNovo.com. And feel free to send me a DM and just introduce yourself. Um, it's my pleasure to meet you. Yes. And Nikki is with two Ks and Novo is with two Vs. No, one V. <laughs> oh, it's okay. very symmetrical. It's only one, it's only the double K. Yes. N-I-K-K-I-N-O-V-O. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. And if you have any questions or comments on the episode, go to mamasconganaspodcast.com forward slash 203. Again, that's mamasconganaspodcast.com forward slash 203. Thank you, Nikki. Yes. Yay. <laughs> the best is yet to come. Yes. I can't wait to have you again. I know the future holds some amazing things for you. Thank you. Bye, mamacita. See you next time. It's Valentina. Espero te gustó este episodio de nuestro podcast. If you liked it, or if any of our content has inspired you in any way, I'd be ever so grateful if you showed some amorcito by reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Every single review will help us reach more mamacitas so they can live their life con muchas ganas. It's because of you, our listeners, that we're able to create contenido para otras Latinas. Un millón de gracias por suscribirte, escuchar y compartir nuestro podcast. Si tienen preguntas, comentarios y más, pueden visitar nuestra página web mamasconganas.com or follow us on social media at mamasconganas. You can also write me directly at info at mamasconganas.com. Hasta la próxima. Es Valentina recordándote. Don't be a mama con drama. Mm-mm. Let's be mamas con ganas. Besitos. <laughs>